Welcome to Make Me Your Voice with Pastor David Bartowell. These messages are intended to deepen your faith and trust in a living God who speaks to us with hope and reason. Today's message comes to us from the Gate Christian Bible Church in Orange County, California. In 1971, there was a song that came out that really influenced a lot of people and influenced me. It was written by John Lennon. It's a song called Imagine. And it begins with the line, Imagine there's no heaven. So why no heaven? Because if there's no heaven, then there's no hell. As the lyrics continue, No hell below us, above us only sky. You know, I used to love that song. I would long for the day when all the people would be living in life in peace. (laughs) But that day never came. And as I said last week, that day will not come until Jesus comes. And only when the world is as it's supposed to be, with Christ seated on his throne, and only those who believe in him and have called him Lord and Savior inhabit this planet, will the world be what John Lennon hoped it would be. But I want to tell you, I want you to imagine something else. I want you to imagine a new earth and a new heaven. What to expect after Jesus returns? Expect a new heaven. I have two more parts to this series. Are you ready? What to expect before and after Jesus returns? Next week, I'm going to talk about a new earth. Today, we're going to talk about a new heaven that God has for those who are his people. In Revelation 21, read it with me. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. John, the apostle, is seeing something that we don't get to see. He was called up to heaven, and he's seeing stuff that's amazing, and he's having a hard time writing it down. But the whole revelation ends with him seeing this new heaven and a new earth that has come because the old has passed away. Let me help you with this. Our body... This body, the material body, will pass away. The material world will pass away. And although the Apostle John saw this new heaven and the revelation of Jesus, it's not a new idea. The Bible says that we're groaning and longing for the redemption of this material body. And I talked about a few weeks ago that the earth... And the entire universe, all creation, is groaning and longing for a new body, a new existence. And it's not something that just shows up in the New Testament. It's in the Old Testament. The prophet Isaiah prophesied about this way before John saw it. In Isaiah 65, 17, the prophet writes, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. God's Spirit is speaking through Isaiah, telling his people that this new heaven and new earth is going to happen. Listen, I love God's Word. You know why I love God's Word? Because it's true. But you know why also I love God's Word? Because I've come to the conclusion that no one else could have written this except God. Why? Because there's no way that 66 books written by 40 different human authors, all with different personalities and languages and perspectives, written in three different languages over a 1,400-year time span, could have such a cohesive storyline from cover to cover if it were not written by God. From the opening of the Bible, 
where it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, to the end of the Bible, where it says, I see a new heaven and a new earth. It's one story. It's God's sovereign plan. It's laid out for all eyes to see and ears to hear. And I want to encourage you today. If that's you, if your ears have been opened, if your eyes have been opened to the truth, then we can be encouraged by what God is telling us today. We can see the need for the new earth, right? I mean, we can look around and see that it's corrupt, it's sinful. But why do we need a new heaven? Well, first of all, the word heaven in Greek, huranos, can mean heaven where God dwells, or it can mean the heavens, as in the sky and the universe. So is God going to create a new heaven where he lives or a new universe? Both. Because the new heaven will be on the new earth in the new Jerusalem, which will be the capital city of the new earth, and heaven will be where God is, and he will be in this new place. The new Jerusalem will be, like I said, God's central location. He will dwell with us, and we will dwell with him on this new earth, and we will see him face to face. That's why it's heaven. Think about it. For people who don't want Jesus, for people who reject Jesus, why would they want him and and want to be with him after they leave this earth? But for someone who wants that, who sees Jesus, who loves Jesus, who wants to be with Jesus more than anything in the world. As we sang, Jesus, I love you more than anything. For those people, for you, for me, this is hope. This is encouragement that this world is not it. The new heaven is the conjoining of heaven with earth. As I said, the new heaven will descend upon the earth. Look what it says in Revelation 21, verse 2. And I saw the holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Why is Jerusalem so important? It's God's city. In the Bible, there's a tale of two cities. God's city and man's city. God's kingdom and man's kingdom. That's the ongoing storyline of the Bible. Jerusalem, which means city of peace, Yaru in Hebrew means city, Shalom, Salem, means peace. Well, it's not a city of peace right now, is it? But God always gives a name for what it's going to be. That's why the Bible says your name is changed because you are who you are now currently in Christ, but who you're going to be. I read something the other day, and I don't know, you know how to say if it's true or not. But you just take someone's word. I read a lady said she died and she went to heaven and she looked around and she saw people she knew who were in their 30s. That's the way that they appeared to her. And I always thought people ask me, well, when we get our new bodies, what will it look like? I go off of Jesus, who was in his 30s when he got his new body. So maybe that's the case. But I'll never forget in the story, she says, I saw a family member who had their leg amputated and the leg was whole. It was a whole body. It was a complete healed body. 
This is stuff that we hope and long for. I prayed with someone the other day who's not long for this world, and he was joyous, not in the part of physically dying, because that's not joyous, but to look past that, to what lies ahead. That's why God gives us revelation, so that we can see the truth of what lies ahead. God's city, Jerusalem, man's city. Babylon. That's an ongoing storyline. God's kingdom, man's kingdom, the kingdom of light, the kingdom of darkness or Satan. Let's jump all the way back to Genesis for a minute, because like I said, there's one storyline. In the Garden of Eden, intended to be paradise. What happened? Well, Adam and Eve handed the keys to God's kingdom on earth over to Satan for a while. And that's the world we're living in right now. One day, Jesus will come back and take what is his. But here's the thing. When Satan looked at Jesus, when Jesus was on this earth and said, hey, Jesus, I have the keys to the kingdom. So all you got to do is worship me and I'll hand it over to you. You don't have to go to the cross, Jesus. Just worship me. Aren't you glad? that Jesus did not do that? Aren't you glad that he did what Adam and Eve did not do? He worshiped God the Father and went to the cross willingly to die for you and for me so that we can inherit the kingdom and the keys to the kingdom. That's an amazing thing. But we live in this world currently where Jesus hasn't come back yet. Why hasn't he come back? Have you ever thought of that? Well, one of the reasons he's waiting for people, maybe even you on this live stream today, to have your eyes and ears open to the truth of the saving grace of God. Are you like working real hard to get to heaven? Stop. Rest. It's been taken care of. If you're in faith in Christ, you have nothing to worry about. No matter how bad it gets here, it's going to be great there one day. Okay, that's the new heaven. That's the hope that we have. Now, if there's two kingdoms, a story of two kingdoms, which kingdom do you choose? And the answer to that is it depends on which king you choose. So if you've chosen Jesus as your king, then you're good. You're part of God's kingdom, which is eternal. If you haven't, then you're part of a temporal kingdom that's going to be destroyed one day. And those who reject Christ will be thrown into the lake of fire where they'll be tormented day and night. God doesn't send people to hell. People choose to go there. I'm telling you right now, you don't have to go there. You can accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior right now and be a part of his kingdom. Make him the Lord of your life. You know, one of the things I miss the most about not gathering is having water baptisms. Because water baptism is when you say, I belong to Jesus. Not that you can't say this without water baptism, but it's the public confession and profession of your faith. Listen, if you've never been water baptized, I want you to contact me. You can direct message me on my Facebook, or you can email me at pastordavid at thegatorc.com. I'll baptize you. We'll go down somewhere and we'll baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
See, this is the part of God's kingdom that's so incredible. And we have one day, we're going to look forward to this earth and heaven will pass away and we'll be with God. Heaven and earth will come together as one instead of separate places. The next thing is the new heaven is the tabernacle of God. What do I mean by that? The tabernacle of God is where God dwells. So remember when God told Moses to build a tabernacle and he said this, Moses, see that you make this, the parts of the tabernacle, according to what? The pattern shown to you on the mountain. So God gave Moses the blueprint for an earthly rendition of God's dwelling place in heaven. And in Hebrews, it says, they, the priests, serve at a sanctuary that is a copy and shadow of what is in heaven. So the new heaven will be God's new and final dwelling place. Revelation 21.3, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, the dwelling place. And he will dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. Do you look forward to that day? See, the Garden of Eden is a type of temple. Some people believe that. I think it is because the Garden of Eden, God was there. God's people were there. There was peace. There was joy. There was purpose. And God dwelled among. In fact, Eden, the word Eden, Eden in Hebrew, means paradise. It actually means happy place. Do you know why it's a happy place to be where God is? Because God is there. Now, if you're afraid of God, fearful in a respectful way, he's not like us, he's beyond us, but we shouldn't be afraid of God. If you're afraid of God, that means you might not know Jesus. Jesus said many times, do not fear. Trust in me. Trust also in God. And we can come to God knowing that he cares about us and loves us. That's why he's going to all this, I shouldn't say trouble, I don't know how to explain this, but if you have a problem with God, being able to create the world and the universe in six days, including human, your God's not big enough, man. So when I think he just spoke it into existence, so if I think of a new earth and a new heaven, it's like this, boom. It's not a big deal for God, but it's a big deal in this, that he wants you to be where he is. That's what this is about. And are you there already through faith? Because we in faith look forward to this. There's people who have died before us, who believers, who physically died. They're there. That's what John was seeing. Because the thing about God, he's not limited by time. So when you die, you go be with Jesus. We're limited by time. So we're waiting for that day. But that day is already here for those who are in Christ. The Bible says that there's a current heaven and a final heaven. Jesus refers to the current heaven as Abraham's bosom, as paradise. Remember when he said, today you'll be with me in paradise? That's the current heaven. And then the final heaven is the new heaven when the old heaven and earth passes away and the new comes. Now, again, we have to think of this. God's not living in two places. I mean, God is transcendent anyway. God is not limited like, oh, I have to wait You know, like, oh, I have to wait till I create the new heaven to go live there. No, he's transcendent of time. It's already happened. But what it does do, if you follow the storyline, what it does do is it brings cohesiveness 
to the unfolding story of God's redemptive plan. Because what happened in Genesis chapter 3 changed the world. Sin came. Death came. They chose to believe Satan rather than God. And we've been living in that world now for this whole time. But one day, this world will be done. This heaven will be done. And God will make a new heaven and a new earth. And then the new heaven is heaven on earth. It's heaven on earth. Because here's the thing. Last week I spoke about future peace on earth. That Jesus will come and reign with his people, according to the Bible. In the two-minute timeline, I want to give you, and here's what's going to happen next. So we're waiting. One day Jesus will rapture his church. And those who are alive on earth will go to be with him and go to be with those who are already there, and we will meet him in the air, and we will have that new body, and we will be whole, and we will be healed totally. That event, the rapture, will set into motion the last seven years of this earth, of this world the way we know it. That seven years, known as the Great Tribulation, will include a world leader who will dominate and demand worship It will be true globalism. And at the halfway mark, three and a half years in, he will show us true colors and he will torment and persecute the believers who are on this earth who did not take the mark of the beast. That world leader is known as the Antichrist, is known as Satan incarnate, basically. Now, at the end of that seven-year period, Jesus will come with his church and take back what's rightfully his, this earth. He is the only one, Jesus, who can open that title deed to reclaim earth. And that's why at that time, an angel will proclaim loudly, Revelation eleven fifteen. read it with me. The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. The kingdom of God, heaven, will become the kingdom of our Lord. The kingdom of the world that was taken away by Satan for a time will now be conjoined together with the kingdom of God and we will live eternally with him. And then Satan will be placed in an abyss, Revelation says, and Jesus will reign on the earth for a thousand years with his church. That's called the millennium. And for some reason, at the end of that thousand years, Satan will be released. You know why he'll be released again? to prove and reveal who are true followers of God and who are following Satan. And the unbelieving dead will then rise and be judged. That's called the great white throne judgment. And they, along with their leader, Satan, and his minions will be thrown into the lake of fire, which is hell, and be tormented day and night forever. And at that moment, the old heaven and the old earth will pass away, dissolve, cease to exist, and the new heaven will descend onto the new earth, and the capital city will be the new Jerusalem, and God will take residence in that place, and we will dwell with him forever. That's our final destination. That's why verse 4 says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will no longer exist. Grief will no longer exist. Crying and pain will no longer exist, because those things are passed away. Hallelujah. Because the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord. Man, what a journey. I'm winded just talking about it. So what should I do to be ready? 
You should be an overcomer. Don't be deceived by the devil. Don't listen to his lies. Listen to the truth of God. Many people have bought into the lie of the devil that this current world is it. It's not. If this is all, then what hope do we have? But let me tell you, the end of the movie still has to come. And it's a happy place, a happy ending, paradise. And we will be the most hopeful people on the face of the planet because we know this truth. So open your Bible. We're just going to end with reading the scripture again. I want to point out some very important things. Revelation 21. Open your Bible to Revelation 21. The apostle John says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth where the first heaven and the first earth passed away and there's no longer any sea. What does that mean? No longer any sea. Why is there no longer any sea? Well, there's no need for it. I think we just need as much land as possible because there's so many of us. But not only that, there's no sun and there's no moon and there's no night. So the sea maybe has something to do, obviously, with the moon and those things no longer exist. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride adorned for her husband. So the bride will live with her husband in this perfect place. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among them, and he will dwell among them. And they shall be his people, and God himself will be among them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more pain, no more death, no more mourning, no more grieving, no more crying, no more pain. For the first things have passed away. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, Jesus says, I am making all things new. Think about that. Jesus is the word who created all the heavens and the earth. And he's going to speak again and say, I make all things new. And boom, it's done. And then he goes on. He said to me, it is done. It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, which are the beginning and the end, the first letter of the Greek alphabet and the last letter of the Greek alphabet. The beginning and the end. I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of water life without cost. It's free. Eternal life is free. Jesus paid for it. And then he says in verse 7, He who overcomes will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. What does that mean? He who overcomes will inherit these things. Does that mean that you have to work really hard to get to heaven? No, that's not what the Bible teaches. Look, would you agree with me that this world sucks? (laughs) And it's only going to get worse? And you think you have it bad? What about those Christians that have been tortured and beheaded for their faith? What about Hebrews 11? All those people that were attacked by lions and beheaded and cut in half. What did they do? They overcame. Instead of shrinking in fear, they rose in faith. They're overcomers. Listen, the worst thing that we can do is shrink in fear. Sadly, there's a lot of fearful people right now. Fearful to even be around other people. That's not how we should live. God made us to be with each other. We shouldn't be afraid of each other. I'll never forget when we first started this whole 15 days to flatten the curve, which turned into like seven or eight months now. I'll never forget the first time I started to think badly of someone because I thought, what if they have a disease? That's not how we're supposed to live. 
especially as Christians. Jesus touched diseased people. He healed them. He touched people with leprosy, which is highly contagious. And you say, oh, well, Jesus is God. Don't play the God card all the time. Yes, he's God, but he was also 100% human. And he had a body that was human. He didn't shrink in fear. We shouldn't shrink in fear. No matter what happens, and I'll tell you this, God knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows the number of days you will be alive on this earth. You are not going to die until God says it's time for you to die. So don't live in fear. Live in faith. You know, if I would have believed John Lennon, I would have never overcome. I would only imagine, but I believe Jesus Christ. And he says that no matter how bad it gets, we need to imagine a new heaven, a new earth, and that's where we'll be forever with him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for your holy presence. Thank you that we can have encouragement. That's why you gave John the vision. It wasn't for John to hold on to. That's why you said, write down what I told you so that we can read it and we can know it and we can believe it and we can be encouraged by it. We shouldn't shrink in fear. Lord, cause us to rise in faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor David Bartowell's message reminds us that God speaks to us with hope and reason so that we can be His voice in this world. Please join us again for Make Me Your Voice, a ministry of the Gate Christian Bible Church in Orange County, California. We would love to have you join us for a Sunday service. For more information or to find our location, please visit thegatecbc.com.